Tom Lorenzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the teen, your Tilo Tom Fitzgerald. I'm here with the low and your Tilo Lorenzo, my cousin, my lovely husband. Hello. And I'm going to jump right in and say, like, <laughs> Lorenzo's always like, listen, don't start off by saying oh how tired God. you are. So that you don't say it. Now you're saying <laughs> But I gotta, I have to explain this, okay? Oh God. We're all tired, so I don't expect anyone to feel sorry for me. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because I am punchy as hell right now. <laughs> I am only going... Caffeinated. I am super caffeinated, but only had about four hours of sleep. We And let me explain why. Um, last night, starting at 8 p.m., we sat down with two podcasters and recorded the two-hour podcast on, on a movie and... So it was all very fun. It was a lot of fun. It was actually a lot of fun. We will. It's not coming out for a couple of weeks. We will obviously drop the links to the podcast. But it was two hours, and it was you know it was it was it was actually two and a half hours. We stopped at ten thirty, and in order, like we we record our part. This podcast is being recorded at what like twelve noon, which is about the time we normally do it. Um, I have never recorded something that late at night. And right. in order to do it, I had to take, I had to drink coffee at like 4, 5 p.m. and then forget it. When we were done this right. podcast at 10.30, I was like, well, might as well clean the kitchen because I am <laughs> not going to bed for like three, four hours. You can't have coffee at no. 5. Or, yeah. And then uh, we got up this morning. And believe me, none of this is complaining. As I always say to Lorenzo, being busy feels like success when you are a, right. when you are a small business owner and you have to create True. your own job. The fact that you're busy is a great thing. So this morning we had a an interview uh, with a journalist who's doing a piece on the future of the red carpet. We just finished that interview, and now we're sitting we're here. We're sitting down to talk to you, lovely people. Yes, <laughs> and I just also want to drop because I know. Pretty sure our our literary agent listens to us every week. So, Monica, I just want to let you know I am putting the final touches on that book proposal. We're trying to get it out the door before award season right. starts. And to all our kittens, wish us luck on this one because I really love what we're yes, working yes, on. Yes, yes. So that's a little behind the scenes stuff, and it will explain why I sound like a crazy person right now. Um, what else? Oh. Well, before we get into the podcast, oh, sorry, we skipped last week. We didn't have a podcast last week. There was just also all kinds of weird stuff going on in our lives. And then this week, we were like, oh, God, the world is so weird and scary. And, you know, Russia invaded Ukraine, If in case anyone's listening about this, you know, 500 years in the future, and you don't know what I'm referring to. Um, so... And when this happens, we've said this many times over the last two or three years, well, actually, over the last five years, uh, we always have to assess, like, right. what is our role here when everything's going to shit, and, and how do you do a job that is essentially frivolous as hell? There's, right. you know, what we talk about is not important in the grand scheme of things, I'm fully aware of that, um, but... I also know that people want this sort of frivolity. Right, right. So we're all we're always trying to There's a fine line, but of course with social media there's everyone has an opinion uh, right. about how things should be done. Right. And so we have people saying, Thank God I have Tom Lorenzo to read and Which then, is sweet of course. Which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. And at and at the same time you have the people saying, you know, you guys should take a break. Yeah. I and I feel like saying, Did you not go to work today? I know. <laughs> Did you stay home? Um, when the invasion happened, which was like two days ago, there were people very confidently saying that, you know, brands and publications should not be doing any social right, media. Right. Well, and I'm like, yeah, okay, did you, that's exactly what you just said. Did you not go to work today? Did you tell people not to pay you? 
life goes on. Like uh, we're going to talk about the Academy Awards today. Right, we're right. going to, but we are actually going to talk about some important stuff too. We're going to talk about the. But the, our point is that we, I mean, we are careful, obviously. Yeah. But we can't stop doing what we're no. doing because. If we do, then there's no Tom Lorenzo. Right. It's, I mean, just this very, is our job. <laughs> our job is to talk about frivolous pop culture things. And, you know, when the world is the way it is this week, um, there's a lot of people who might not want to hear what we have to say or they might. And But there's an equal amount of people who are just like, can I please sit down with something dumb for 40 minutes and not think about, you know, Ukraine or anything else? So, and to our uh, Ukrainian listeners out there, because I actually yes, do yes. know there are many, um, all of our hearts and our thoughts yeah. and our prayers go out to you and your family and your people, because this is terrible, terrible to watch. And I also say, I want to say thank you to the Russian people uh, out there um, protesting this war. Because, those images yes. were, I got so teared up last yeah, night when I saw those it's, images. It's not protesting in D.C., folks. <laughs> no, no, no. That is brave beyond yeah, brave. Yeah. Those people so, are risking their lives, lives. Yes. Uh, to protest this war. Um, so anyone doing something, uh, expressing something, you know, we applaud, and, and that's the way it needs to be done. Yeah, that's the way it needs to be done. We, for our parts, aren't going to be our silly little frivolous selves. Although, like I said, we are going to talk about not just the Oscars. And when I say the Oscars, I mean uh, the story that came out this week about how the Oscars are changing this year. But we're also going to talk about uh, some serious uh, queer politics stuff having to do with the Don't Say Gay bill Mm -hmm. in Florida and the anti-trans bill that was just introduced in Texas and why we should all be a little scared of these things. Tab Hunter, our (laughs) gigantic boy cat, is trying to drink out of my water right now. Please don't do that, Tab. (laughs) He's so cute. (laughs) Anyway, so... Thank you for listening. Thank you for um, being patient with us, as I really do feel bad when we skip a week without announcing right, right. it. Um, but it was kind of unavoidable last week. So, do you? Oh, before we get into the issues of the week or whatever, do you have any happy talk? Do you have anything? You know, mm. Mm. I've been I've been so busy that I haven't watched anything lately. But I do want to watch a couple of things. So I, I did I, catch the first two episodes. We can't really talk about them of Bridgerton season two. Can't talk about them. Yes, you can't because talk about they're. It, but yeah, you watch that, and there are a few shows that I have watched. But again, I can't talk about it. Um, I can talk about Severance on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, which two episodes dropped last week, and I think more have dropped today. And um, it's a really interesting show. It's directed by Ben Stiller, the actor comic Ben Stiller, and it stars, um, what's his name, from Adam Scott? Is that his name? From uh, Parks and Recreation. And it's one of those... I like it, but I also... I'm of two minds about it. I think the critics really like it, and... There's a lot of interesting stuff in it, but it also feels like half a dozen other streaming mm-hmm. series that have come out in the last couple of years. It's it's this sort of semi-dystopian look at being um, kind of a mindless office drone, and it, there's, a, there's more to it. The basic premise is that, that he works for a company that, I guess it's set in the near future, that... Um, they do a, you can elect as an employee to, to have this procedure done where it's a really weird concept. Uh, it basically splits your personality hmm. so that you have a work personality and a life personality, and neither one of them remember what goes on. So, wow. in other words, when you walk in the front door of the building, 
um, it's you, a work person. you forget everything about who you were and you become the person on the job. And when you leave work, you go back to being the person that you were. And it, that sounds like a crazy ass thing and it is, but it does actually explain why some people would s- submit to this. Like he is a deeply depressed man who, who lost his wife and he just wants eight hours out of the day where he's not thinking about that. So he has this procedure done. But what this means is it's a, this was an interesting point about it. The version of you that's in the office literally never leaves the office. So they um, walk out the front door at 5 p.m. And from their perspective, literally a second later, they're walking back in the door at 9 Mm a.m. They never, ever have time off. So it must be interesting. Do they have like different personalities in the sense that? Well, they're they're unpacking this. Ah, This this idea of how it's doing, you know, what it's doing to these people. And um, there's this idea that. Well, the, there's a character, there's a woman character who's sort of your point of view character who she, she, it's her first day and she has to have this explained to her because she has no memories. And they're like, oh no, you elected to have this. Here's a video of you, of you saying that you elected to have this. And she wants to stop. She doesn't want to do this or, or whatever. And the, her coworkers tell her, they're like, well, you, if you do this, you're basically killing yourself hmm. because there's a work you and there's a life you. And if you don't want the work you to happen, then you stop existing as a personality. So they're trying to talk her out of it. And it's all this weird stuff. Um, you said I, I, I was going to like it. So. You are going to like it. The thing is, it reminds me a lot of certain shows. In, and I'll just like, um, what was that show? Homecoming with Julia Roberts. Right, right. Which that was also about yeah. memory. Um, and... It also reminds me a little bit of the Loki TV series because it's all set in this weird office building, which is very, very it's endless, endless hallways mm. and that sort of thing. And it and you know it's this exaggerated take on being an office drone. Is it out? Yeah, I said the first two episodes are. I think actually the first three episodes are out now. Mm. I've only seen two. I My thing is, and I, I ha- I don't know. Ben Stiller was the writer and director of this. Ben Stiller, who is uh, the child of, of you know, Ann Mirror and Jerry Stiller, who were both legendary comics. That guy has never worked in an office in his life. Has <laughs> no idea what it's like to be an office drone or anything like that. You've been the child of celebrities, and then you became a celebrity yourself. And I don't know if you're the best person to unpack this but story. He's an actor, so well, maybe. <laughs> anyway, it is interesting though. I, I I don't know how well it's going to unfold, but I I was intrigued in the first two right, episodes. Right, right. Anything else? No, I'm like I said, I've I've watched two shows on Netflix. They we we can't really talk about it, but it's one is with Tony Collette and the other one is with Sienna Miller, and they're interesting. And I'll have I didn't like lot. the Tony Collette one. I well, yes. watched the first episode. But I'll have a lot to do talk about. Yeah, we probably shouldn't say anything. No, no, but anyway, embargoed. right? But they're they're interesting, mm-hmm. and they're going to be out there for everyone to watch later. Yeah. All right. So let's um, let's start with the frivolous or semi frivolous. Right. The um, Academy. Uh, of motion picture arts and sciences that hosts that you know puts on the Oscars every w- year um, put out a press release this week that um, eight categories from the uh, Oscars will not be broadcast live during the ceremony uh, and some of them were you know not unimportant categories. well I don't think any of them are unimportant right. but documentary short film editing makeup and hairstyling original score production design animated short live action short and sound now i'm fully aware that these are a, a lot of the categories where people 
go to the bathroom or whatever. Like they don't want to sit through them right. because they just want to see the big actors and the big stars. And I, I think at some point you and I had a post Oscars podcast where I kind of danced around saying the same thing where I, I was like, you know, maybe we should just consider a streamlined Oscars where we just do the big awards and, 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 right. you know, but then this came out this week and it, I immediately reacted. I was like, no, that's a terrible idea. I don't like that idea at all because these people are craftspeople. They're important. And the Oscars are the one night of the year that the mass public get to see these sort of people being honored. Right, right. I totally agree. It's like it's like going to a restaurant and then just praising the waiter, you know? Right. Uh, that type of thing. I mean, it, you do a disservice, I think. I mean, the industry, it is how it is already right. that you just talk about directors and actors and nobody else. Now you people are talking about costume designers and, and, and cinematographers and, and so on, mm-hmm. beginning to talk more about it. But but still, it's all about the actors and, and, the, and director, the directors. Um, which, you know, I, I kind of understand, but at the same time, as an academy, uh, you have a responsibility. Um, I agree. Um, uh, a lot of this is apparently came down from ABC, who right. pays a lot of money to, to broadcast the Oscars. But the problem is the Oscars viewership has been steadily declining for a decade now. And last year, it had the worst viewership numbers ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but two things about that. All award shows, viewerships have been declining. It's not just right. the Oscars. This is a trend. It's not because there's something wrong with the Oscars. It's just this is the way the culture is trending. Um, because we have more access. I mean, right. there was a time when TV, watching the, the Oscars on TV, uh, on your TV, it was the only option you had. Now you just get up the next morning and you check on your computer. Right. You can uh, just watch the bits on Twitter or whatever. Exactly. You just you just watch what's important or what everyone is talking about. So you don't want to waste two hours or whatever watching a show on TV. And the other thing I just want to you know put in perspective here is, yeah, last year was the lowest rated Oscars ever. We were in a freaking pandemic right, right. still. I mean, we're still in a pandemic now. But last year's Oscars was most of the world wasn't vaccinated yet. We were right. still on lockdown. And they did this, I thought it was an interesting experiment where they did this sort of scaled down ceremony and Steven Soderbergh, the director, uh, did some interesting things. Like he had that shot of Regina King walking in last year and that camera. It was just a a different take on it. Um, But it was a much smaller ceremony. I think only the nominees were uh, of the major categories were there. And um, I think for that reason, that was a big reason why the... uh, it was the lowest numbers ever. Right, it's like, right. well, you weren't really giving people the Oscars. And as people who have covered the Oscars red carpet and live tweeted their way through the Oscars and written articles for uh, magazines about the Oscars red carpet for years now, I feel like we're in a position where we can talk about what, what the viewership wants to see and what the viewership mm-hmm. responds to. And um, like for years, there was an attempt to minimize the red carpet uh, until only, it's only in the last couple of years that they, the, the Oscars have sort of accepted the fact that that is a major portion of the night that a lot of the viewers want to see those gowns and right, right. those diamonds and everything. Um, and I tweeted something this week that went viral. And of course, when you do that, you get a lot of angry people yelling at you. But I, one of the things I, what I tweeted was that people just want to see movie stars in really expensive outfits handing out awards to all the people who make the movies. 
and you just add a a tribute to the dead and and right. the, the five nominated songs and boom you're out and then of course a lot of people argued with that but what i want my point to that was it the problem is not the categories of oscars that are being handed out the problem is if there's a problem with the oscars it's things like stupid ass comedy sketches yes yes remember when uh, alan had like pizzas delivered I know, or I they know. went to a theater and they yes. had like hot and they had like a hot dog you know that sort of stuff that eats right. up like 20 minutes of the ceremony then they have all these weird like these sort of banter bits where clearly the the stars have not rehearsed and they're mm-hmm. trying to be funny, reading these lines off a teleprompter. All of that stuff is awkward as shit, and it just adds too much to the. Uh, you they know. should they should have like like musical numbers with 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 about the movie. Didn't they have this? No, they always do that. Yeah, like you know, have people. They have I don't the know. five nominated songs. They do the five nominated songs but every do, year. I mean, I don't know, but do about the movie. Do something about the movie, or I don't, I don't think know, you need to add more numbers musical numbers anyway, to it. Entertain I, people. I feel like if you just stick to movie stars handing out awards and you know. Uh, paying tribute to the films that were nominated that year. That's all you need to do. Nobody, nobody tunes into the Oscars and says, oh, I can't wait to see what comedy bits they do this year. Mm -hmm. And yet they insist. On being funny. They insist on doing it every year. Mm -hmm. And um, as many, many uh, culture writers have pointed out this week, Mark Harris, uh, who um, uh, has has been a a culture, uh, a pop culture writer for years. He used to be an editor at Entertainment Weekly, and he's written like five books on the movies. Um, and he's somewhat something of an expert on the Oscars. He's attended the Oscars several times because his husband is Tony Kushner, who has written screenplays. He wrote the West Side Story screenplay. He wrote the Lincoln screenplay. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So there's someone who knows the Oscars inside and out. He sat in it as an right. attendee, and he's also covered it as a journalist. And he he made a really good point. He said um, that the Academy and ABC keep thinking that they can pursue some viewer who's not currently tuning in. And, yes, yeah. And if they just, you know, as he said, nobody... Nobody says, I don't want to watch the Oscars this year unless it comes in at under three hours. Like this idea that it has to come in at a certain length. The Oscars have always been overblown and long. And the people who love watching the Oscars don't care about that. We will all sit through it because that's what we love. You're not going to get the TikTok five-minute people. (laughs) No, it's not going to happen. I feel like a big reason why the Oscars have the viewership has plummeted is not because they're too long and not because they don't nominate Spider-Man and not because they give out awards to documentary short on the air. It's because we are in a very polarized time. And the response to that tweet that I put out was perfect example because every conservative that responded, and I mean, I could tell they were conservative by their profiles. Uh, well, none of us want to watch, you know, Holly weird hand patting itself on the back and da da da. And I'm like, fine. You're not who I'm talking about. Right. And the Os- the Academy should never, ever try and pursue people who hate the Oscars. They're not going to tune in. Right. And there is a whole sort of conservative right-wing, you know, rhetoric surrounding Hollywood and the Oscars as this thing that, you know, regular Americans don't want to see. And you know what? Fine. Fine. No one. Ha- no one. It's not mandatory viewing. But, I think, the, but the people who watch the Oscars love the Oscars. Right. And you need to give those people what they want instead of trying to pursue all these people who are never, ever going to tune into it. Right. And talking about what you just said, that people want to see their 
you know, idols and actors and actresses, uh, reducing the word carpet also. It's, it, you know... They've tried to do that. And, and it doesn't work because people... You, you do want to see your, your, whoever you like as right. an actor right. uh, talking or, you know, talking about their family and their, you know, whatever, their experience doing the movie and so on. I agree. And when, when I say that there's, there's like a conservative aspect of, of Americans that just hate the Oscars, I am speaking from experience here because we have live tweeted every Oscars right. for the last, for as long as we've been on Twitter, since like 2009 or whatever, 2008. And... Every single year when we live tweet the Oscars, first off, we get an insane engagement on every single post we right. make. But that with that engagement comes a raft of really angry people who right. hate celebrities, hate Hollyweird, hate, you know, liberals and, you know, making movies and that sort of thing. And you just get hundreds and hundreds of these responses to, right. our, to our tweets. Because talking. they're just angry that, you know, they, they're getting you to, the celebrities are getting into any right. attention right now. Yeah. And, I feel like those are the people that the Academy thinks that they can win back or ABC thinks that they, and those people aren't coming back. If they were ever there at all, they're not coming back. They've turned it into a political thing. They've based their identities on it and they hate celebrities. And you know what? Fine. But let's not pursue you. Let's pursue the people who love the Oscars, who love the movies, who love movie stars. And that would be us. Um... I don't know. I just feel like it's a shame that this is happening. I I know that the reaction to it was pretty it was like condemnation across the board right, from right. from people in the industry. And it should be pointed out that the Academy tried to float this idea, I think in 2018 or 2019 they and said they shut they, it down. They shut it down because there was so much outcry. Right. I do understand that when you see people you don't really know like I know producers or whatever, you know, people who worked in the movie Mm-hmm. Uh, but you not you don't kind of don't care because you don't know them going on and on and on thanking their families and going on and then you have several people doing the same you know you find it boring I'm not gonna lie but but you you I mean at least I watched it because I was like all right it's it's their time exactly it's, and it's their time to shine to you know receive that award and and thank the people that m- matter to them you know I. I also think some of the most memorable moments of the last several years have happened when those people have won, when right. non-famous people win and they get up and they give some really goofy or funny or charming mm-hmm. speech. It's great to cheer those people on. I mean, it's it's also great when some millionaire movie star wins an award. But for me, at least, it's mm-hmm. really gratifying to watch you know, c- tradespeople and craftspeople I agree. be recognized this way, stand up on a stage and nervously, you know, thank everybody in yeah. their lives. It's just, the, it's very, the, it can be a little boring, but it's right. also really heartwarming. And the the problem with, with making a decision like that is that you, you pretty much just say that you don't care about these people behind the scenes. Exactly. You know, all these people working um, who don't get the recognition of an actor or a director. Right. Uh, so we're so happy that custom designers are actually out there giving interviews and and talking about their, you know, their creations. Uh, and you see, you're beginning to see more with makeup people and, and hair and makeup stylists, um, which is great. But, you know, it's, I mean, all yeah, when you, but it's always about the actors and it's always been about the actors. And I mean, that's fine because that is the, why right. the majority of yes. people tune in. But you sort of use that as a lure. You tune in mm-hmm. for the big actors and while you're watching, right. you recognize all these other people. True. Yeah. Um, 
I understand that it's very expensive, that uh, ABC paid a ton of money to, to broadcast this, and they're not getting mm-hmm. the return on right. that and money. it's all be- about money. Because the viewership is going down. Right. I should also note that of all the major award ceremonies, the Oscars still bring in like three or four times the number of viewers of like the Emmys or the Grammys or the Tonys. Right. So it's still a highly successful live event. It's just never going to post Super Bowl numbers like right. it used to. It's never going back to that. And ABC and the Academy do need to adjust their expectations, right. but they need to do it by not cutting out all of these people. A lot of people have made the point that, um, and I should note here, the plan is that they are giving out awards to all of those people that night, but they will not be doing it live. They will edit in those moments later. So what that means is... what? It means that they're going to be giving out awards while the celebrities are giving red carpet interviews inside the auditorium, which will be empty because the celebrities haven't entered it yet. They're going to quickly hand out all these awards. And then those bits are supposed to get, ironically enough, because they're cutting editors out. A TikTok version. (laughs) No, they have to get edited very quickly, and they're going to insert them into... You know how they do like the, yeah, yeah. the um, creative arts Emmys right, and that right, sort of... Right, right. So they're going to do that, which is still kind of a slap in the face. Right. And as many people have pointed out, the idea that your entire ceremony is on broadcast television is so 20th century. You need to update how you're putting this out there, which means there should be a streaming ceremony. There should be a live streaming ceremony on Disney Plus or something like that because ABC and Disney are, you know, co-owned. Right. Um, there sh- and they should be utilizing social media way more uh, to make sure all of this stuff gets out there. Right. Instead of doing these weird bits that are, no one's in the auditorium, people are going to be giving uh, acceptance speeches that will probably get edited out or edited down, much like the creative arts oh, yeah. Emmys are. Um, I think they should consider not, I think they should consider having the full ceremony done on streaming and let people watch it that way uh, instead of having it on a um, advertising-based model, which is a dying model anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Anything else you want to add to that? No, that's it. That's it. I feel bad for these people. I do. But it's always about money and they're going to do whatever they want and then they'll change again and again and again and that's how it works. That's how it works in Hollywood. It's all money. They're not really interested in in people. (laughs) It's all about money. I know. And I, I, um, I think this is a losing battle. I don't think that I don't think the Academy is going to change their mind. Although, like I said, the um, a, a lot of uh, there's been a lot of outcry. So we'll see. It's a month. It's a month away. I think. Right. Maybe they'll change their mind again, but they probably won't because they did that once. And if they do it twice, it's just going to make them look like they don't know what they're doing. I know. It's just. It feels like they're just trying things. We're not going to have a host, <laughs> and then it's just like we're going to have a mechanic robot coming out. Right. And I'm, it's just so. For the Weird, last man. decade, at least, every time there's an Oscar ceremony, someone involved in it, some, and it's not always the same producer, which I think might be part of the problem here. They're always bringing in a new producer, and each year that producer thinks he needs to fix it, or she needs, I think right. it's always men, though. Um, he needs to fix the Oscars somehow, and the Oscars really don't need fixing. They are what they are. They are a big, overblown, long ceremony. Right. Um. But I think the number last year was something like 29 million people watched it. Now, that is low in comparison to, say, a Super Bowl. But that's still, 
you know, you just need right. to lower your advertising revenue, and which, of course, ABC doesn't want right, to hear right, that. Right, exactly. But those numbers are never getting, no matter what you do, there is not one person who said, oh, they're not giving out the editor awards? Great, I'll tune in now. There's nobody who's doing that. <laughs> no, no. There's this mythical happen. viewer that they think they can they can somehow win back that they are never going I to know, win back. I know. No, no, especially since now you can go online and find out who won the next day, you know, having your right, coffee. Right. And it's not going to, yeah. It's not going to happen. Um, the people who love the Oscars are going to watch the Oscars no matter what. And the people who aren't watching the Oscars cannot be won by these, these sorts of weird, right. you know, oh, documentary short, they're not handing that out. Great. Now I'll tune in. Never going to happen. I do feel that, that it, it's sad because sometimes because you're watching it, you become interested in a movie or or exactly uh, on on you know on something a documentary. It's where people hear about these yeah. movies for the first some documentary short that right. short movies, yeah. uh, international movies that you know that's how you were like oh maybe I should check this out right. So it's I don't know it's disappointing and it's a sort of a disappoint and that's the other thing they have three hosts this year I like, know why again the how much time is that going to eat up with because it's, it's Amy Schumer Wanda Sykes and Regina Hall and I've got nothing against any of those women they're all very entertaining but I think it worked better when there wasn't a host I think if you just cycle through the categories and announce them the other thing I can't stand and they could probably cut ten minutes out of the ceremony if they didn't do this is for each category they have this uh, and now please welcome to the stage and right, they right, will right. list all of their credentials and then there is a literal 45 second walk out the front right. door you know, why why right why why can't you do it like tonight show style where they just come out just come out we know who they are we know who they are come out and now jane fonda like we don't need to be told if you're watching <laughs> the oscars I, I don't need to be told who these people are nobody does and they certainly on a night when all of these people are having their backs padded we don't need these long introductions and then oh a, oh standing ovation for jane fonda nothing against her or anything cut that shit out um and cut out the long uh acceptance speeches uh, I'm all for everyone getting a chance to go up there, get their award, and say thank you. But I am kind of of the opinion, I don't think you all need to thank your third grade teacher and your grandparents right, right. I, and I everybody you know. I get it, but, but pick one. Pick one person. Yeah, I know that sounds cruel, but if you, want, if you want all of these categories to appear on camera, then all of you need to hang right. together and agree to do 30-second acceptance speeches. Um, That's true. I, you know... Uh, and maybe this is snotty of me, but I do feel the directors and the actors should get some time up at that podium to say what they want to say. They shouldn't be given five minutes. But since we are all here to see the movie stars, right. I don't think there's anything wrong about acknowledging the fact that, okay, let's give the movie stars a minute, but the editor gets 30 seconds. And maybe someone listening to this will find that idea offensive, but... The Academy isn't wrong. Nobody's watching to see who the editor is, who the winning editor is, um, or the documentary short or anything like that. I feel they have a responsibility oh, yes. to make sure those people are featured, to make sure those films are featured. And they can do that while at the same time acknowledging, yes, we're all here to see the movie stars. 
Um, there's, I don't know. I think they overthink the Academy Awards way too much. And you never hear anyone say, this year we're going to do the Tony Awards different. We're going to solve the problem. Of right, the- right. It is what it is. The Emmys are what they are. The MTV Awards are what they are. The Oscars are what they are. Just let them be what they are. Right. But I, I agree. Um, you know, and certain projects, certain movies would, would benefit a lot from the exposure. Like Flea now. You know, we mentioned right. a Flea one. Right. Uh, you would go and find out what Fleet's about, which is a great movie, by the way. In related news, the SAG Awards are this weekend, and it's the bir- first major awards red carpet uh, in in 2022. And it should kind of be interesting to see how it plays out, because we've been asked several times, um, what do you think is going to happen with award season this year? And prior to this week... I would have said it's going to be a return to the old style. Um, masks are off, mm-hmm. people are out, and there's no reason to limit these things. Not really. Um, but uh, I've completely lost my train of thought. But, I told you guys I was really punchy. I know, but, but we don't know what's going to happen, especially with the war. Oh, the SAG Awards, right. Yeah. The only thing that is up in the air is if something like the uh, invasion in Ukraine has some sort of effect on how these award shows. I honestly can't see how it would. Um, I think it would be, I don't know, a little weird to say, well, we're not going to have an Oscars red carpet in solidarity with the people of Ukraine. And I mean, that's all sounds great, but you know. There's war-torn eras of the world all over the world. Yeah, so I mean, I mean it, it depends. It all depends. I mean, it, we have a month. We'll <laughs> In see. a month, a lot can happen. I, that's true because I mean, we, we're a, on the verge of World War Three yeah, here, so I don't know. And it's a crazy man. So <laughs> yeah. Um. So we'll see. But I, I prior to the the World War Three starting, uh, I was really, really disappointed to to read this, and I. I would like to think they would reconsider it, but I kind of doubt they will. Yeah, I doubt very much. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. What we won't see is whether or not we love our Bombas socks, because we do love our Bombas socks. Yes. Bombas's mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas designed their so- Bombas designed their socks, shirts and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day and I'm- God, I love my socks so much. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a luxuriously cozy feel. They're made from super soft materials like merino wool, pima cotton, and even cashmere, which makes them the perfect cozy layers. There's a pair of Bombas socks for everything you do. They come in tons of options like comfy performance styles for every sport and activity that keeps you moving. Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight so they hang just right. Bombas underwear has a barely there feel with second skin support that makes you forget they're even there in a good way. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So go to bombas.com slash T-L-O and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash T-L-O for 20% off. Thank you, Bombas. Yes. Bombas.com slash T-L-O. Um, just, yeah, I have always, I don't even know what I could add at this point. For like two well, years I, now, I, I've been I, singing I, the praises of I these I can stocks. add that sometimes you have to choose between quality and, and style, and, and it's both. When it yeah. comes to Bombas, everything, underwear, shirts, and, and and socks. And also you helping. I mean, they do right. donate um, socks and, and shirts and underwear So with every purchase. So it, it's 
it's perfect. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I, honestly, all I have to do to sell you one Bombas is to say, go to the site and look at what they have. It is some of the They're cutest stuff. Socks. Really cute, stylish socks, underwear, and t-shirts. And the fit is perfect. Yeah. Uh, and they last a long time. So. And we have had so many people say that yes. they bought Bombas because they heard about it on this podcast, and they love them. Right, right. They love them. So check it out. Bombas.com slash T-L-O. Thank you, Bombas. All right. And now on to a lot more serious matters. Yes. Um, the Florida House passed the controversial Don't Say Gay Bill this week. Um, and we talked about it a bit on social media. But we want to sort of unpack what's what this is all about. If you were to read the bill, HB 1557, um, it almost sounds reasonable. Because there's language in there about you should only teach these subjects. And the the idea is that you can't talk about gender and sexuality in schools. But you can when the children are age appropriate. But the bill leaves way too much open interpretation Mm -hmm. as to what is appropriate and what ages are appropriate. It is restricting discussion of these topics from uh, kindergarten to third grade. And again, that that almost sounds reasonable. Like, right. why do you need to be talking to kindergartners about, you know, transgender, you know, that sort of thing. And on a certain level, I would agree with that. I don't, I'm not necessarily sure that um, kids that young uh, need, I don't, I don't know. I mean, kids right. that young are all, are, some of them will in fact be trans and, and mm-hmm. have that feeling about themselves. And more important, not more importantly, but maybe more directly, a lot of kids have trans or gay parents now. Right. Um, but the problem that I have is that, yes, you can talk about it. But when you say you can't talk about something, then you'd say it's a taboo. You know, right. it's, it's, it's something that, that it's dirty or that, you know, it needs to be, I don't know, avoided. So right there, you're just saying that the fact that you you addressing these issues or talking about them, they're 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 wrong. Right. It's creating an atmosphere that is going to be markedly worse for queer kids or kids from queer families. Right. Um, and those queer kids especially are at much much higher risk of suicide and bullying than uh, straight kids right. or cis kids. Um, so what you're doing is you're reinforcing this idea that these children or their parents are freaks and should not be discussed. And like I said, it may sound reasonable uh, um, to some parents. Oh, well, I don't want someone teaching my kindergartner about transgender, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And that, you know, that's your right as a parent. But the point of bills like these is uh, to shift the conversation away from acceptance. Right. And... While this bill might sound slightly reasonable on the surface of it, the fact of the matter is it's really just a volley in an ongoing war. And um, the week this bill passed, Texas introduced a bill that is more or less criminalizing transgender treat- uh, treatment for transgender children and would arrest any parents who arrest parents. Can you imagine? Yeah, because that, they're framing the it as yeah. some sort of child abuse issue, as as like grooming children. Every medical professional, every psychological, you know, psychiatric or psychological organization in the United States and, and in most of the world understands that, you know, 
transgender, uh, there are transgender children, and the only, right. the best and really only acceptable way to deal with them is to deal with them. The main is pro- to let them live their right. lives. You the know? main problem with all this is that once you open one door, it just, it's just they're going to keep opening other doors, and they're not going to stop there. Exactly uh, because they succeeded, they got what they wanted. So why can't we get something else? And if you don't think that's that's the fear here, right. I just one word: abortion. Right. They have been conservatives in this country. Sorry if you're conservative, but, you know, we I know we have conservative listeners, but they have been chipping away at abortion rights county by county, state by state, little by little for 20 years. Well, for more than that. I mean, going back to Roe v. Wade in 1973. And guess what? All these little bills chipping away at it and all these little protests and everything like that are have finally reached its fruition. And Roe v. Wade is going to get overturned in the next year because of the Supreme Court. Right, right. And people That's the end game here. Right. They're going to criminalize abortion. And then when they're done with that, they're going to criminalize queerness. And if you think that sounds outrageous, I'm sorry. I am someone who lived most of my life in an illegal state. It was literally illegal to be gay until right. 2003. right. Um, and if you think we won't return to that or return to something worse, just look around you. Like, that's all I have to say about that. Well, it's not all I have to say about that, but I was a gay kid and I grew up in a time where it was not a word that you could talk about and not a life you could talk about. And I can't even begin to tell you how damaging that was to me and to my queer peers. There's a great David Sedaris, the gay humorous writer, and he doesn't do... I don't read him anymore because he got rich and then he got really obnoxious. And he's not super great when he writes about being gay because he's one of those gays who feels that he doesn't... He's older than we are and he's just one of those. But he wrote a great line in one of his books, I can't remember. And he said, when I grew up, um, my parents had had friends who had a daughter who drank Comet Cleanser and had to be rushed to the hospital and they had another... And my parents had another friend. And he listed all these... freakish things that uh, people would gossip about that happened to other people's children. But one thing he never, ever, ever heard growing up was anybody who had a gay child. And to him, learning that, because he was a baby boomer, to him, growing up in that atmosphere meant, and I knew this feeling, I'm younger than him, but I know this feeling, this idea that whatever I am is so horrible that either no one wants to talk about it or... I'm the only one. Right. And the damage that does to a kid, there's a reason why so many queer kids kill themselves or try to kill themselves. And that is the reason. They live in a world where they are told, either told that they are the worst, freakish, most horrible thing to happen, or they live in a community where there are, they don't think there's anybody else like right, them. Right, right. And, and, and if you read queer history, that goes back to the 40s when, when men from the 40s gay men didn't know they they they, didn't they know they they interviewed a bunch of them and they all said the same thing i didn't know there was somebody like me right uh, in this country right so it's the same thing i mean it's it is different you have social media now and everything and you're more aware of things but still um if you don't want to if you don't talk about something you immediately say that that's that that's that, that something is wrong it's taboo it's yes. terrible yeah that something is wrong and 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 that sends a horrible message. It's only in the last couple of years. I I went to a Jesuit prep school in the 80s. And yes, it was sheer fucking hell, I gotta say. <laughs> um, 
And I did not keep in touch with any of them. I mean, I wasn't, I was a gay kid in a Jesuit prep school. Do you think I made a lot of friends? I didn't have a lot of friends. <laughs> and when I left, when I graduated, I remember, um, it's uh, many, many years and decades later, but I can still count the day I graduated high school as one of the happiest days of my life because it was such a relief mm -hmm. to have that behind me. And so I didn't go to any reunions. And I, my best and oldest friend is a friend from high school, but he is the only one I kept in touch with. And through him, actually, I was on his Facebook page. He kept in touch with other people. And one day I was on his Facebook page and a bunch of people from our graduating class had started a thread. There was a picture and they had tagged a bunch of people. And I was like, oh, okay, let me look at this. So I started going through the replies and it was all people I had gone to high school with that I had not seen or kept in touch with in decades and going through their Facebook profiles. I know this sounds really silly, but I didn't realize how many of them were gay when I was right. in school with them. They're all out now. They have spouses. You and had husbands. no idea, didn't even, didn't suspect even or anything? because I really, hmm. really thought there was maybe one or two hmm. others. And it turns out, and what really, really made me sad was that uh, several of them were guys that I was friendly with in high school. And oh, wow. in retrospect, Can you imagine? we yeah. all sort of gathered around each other, but nobody said it. Nobody said it. And I left that crowd and I didn't stay in touch with it. So I didn't know. And right. I was, you know, well into my 40s. Imagine if you had, if you had had somebody to talk to at the time. I did. You know? Apparently I was hanging out with them in the, in the cafeteria for four years and I didn't know. Now, in some of these guys, I'm like, well, oh my God, how did I not go know that that guy was gay? Because right, he right, was like right. really flamboyant or effeminate or whatever. But it was the 80s and you didn't talk about this shit. And if you were gay, you were going to die of AIDS. So, uh, you know, it was the most restrictive, stressful atmosphere I could possibly think of. Living living in a world where you thought you were the only right, one. Right, right. I think the worst part about all this is going after the parents because that well, is Well, no, just, the worst part is the children. No, I understand, but I'm saying it is also very bad that you're going after the parents because what you're saying is that there's not just something wrong with you, but we're going to go after your parents for allowing yeah, that to happen. right. So as a parent, you can't even make choices, right. you know, for your kids. And how is any queer kid going right. to come out to their parents exactly. in a world where their parents are being threatened with jail time for having a queer kid? All of this sounds so insane, mm -hmm. but I, I, like I said, it wasn't that long ago that being gay was literally illegal in this. It was in this century when they finally overturned it so that gay right. men were allowed to have sex with each other. Um. So, and if you think it was one of those, you know, one of those laws where no one was ever prosecuted, men were prosecuted for it. Right. Men were prosecuted for having sex with other men oh, they used, in this generation. Oh, they used that to go against you, you know, for right. any other reason. Right. Um, so, again, when you hear things like, oh, we shouldn't let, you know, trans women compete in sports against other women, or we shouldn't let these people use our bathrooms, that might sound reasonable to some of you out there. There might be some argument mounted that makes that sound, well, you know, maybe we should consider it. Just know every one of these arguments is is a little chip that is going yes. to chip yep. away and lead to the next argument. Yes. They just said, don't say gay. And that within days, they were like, and we're going to arrest any parents a queer kid. Like, it's just Keeps going, going. Yeah. to escalate. Yes. Um. So... 
I'm asking all of you out there, if you love us, <laughs> if you support <laughs> us, just know that there are little Toms and Lorenzos out there, little potential Toms and Lorenzos who are in danger of killing themselves because of this, or in danger of being hounded from their communities. Like, parents are talking, parents of trans kids are already talking about leaving Texas. Like, right, getting right. the hell out of Texas before this, it, this bill The whole thing is through. so awful, because as as a queer person, what you want most is, is the approval and the support of your parents. And if you don't even, and if you can't even get that now. Right. If, that, if you're if, afraid if, your parents are going to get arrested. Yeah, if it's literally illegal for your parents to support you, that's just a horrific thought. Yeah. And I know this sounds like alarmism, but it's literally happening. Right. And... Just to reiterate my point, you only need to look at abortion rights or voting rights in this country. It's They have chipped away at it for decades until finally their Voting Rights Act was overturned. And look what's happening to voting access in this country. Look what's happening to reproductive rights in this country. It's all on a continuum. And listen, if it sounds like I'm attacking conservatives, well, guess what? I am. I am. <laughs> Because this is what you're doing. If you are a Republican and a cons- or a conservative who doesn't agree with all of this and doesn't want to be lumped into all of this, well, guess what? You, more than anybody else, are the ones that need to speak out. Right. Because the liberals and the Democrats and the queers and the you know pro-choice people, no one's going to listen to them anymore. You're the ones that have to do it. Uh, and like I said, I know we have conservative listeners and conservative readers, so I'm actually making my appeal directly to you folks you are the ones that are going to have to talk to your right. representatives and speak out against this because no one cares. No Republican cares what a Democrat thinks of them. Uh, you know, no Republican elected official gives a shit what I think of them, but they will give a shit if their own constituents say no to this sort of thing. So we don't normally get political on this, on this podcast, but in this case, I don't believe this. I know this. The lives of queer children right. are at stake here. And, and you know how they they work. This is a very strategic move. You go after the children because you know that will get more attention and right. then and more damage. And that's just how you do it. Right. And then if you succeed, you move on to something else. It's always going to be that yeah. way. Um, so please, please, please educate yourself. And even if these bills sound slightly or these arguments... Uh, sound slightly reasonable to you as a parent understand that they are just an opening volley and for every single win they get they will take it further and Mm -hmm. further and further um they are literally trying to outlaw queerness again in this country so nip it in the bud (laughs) nip it in the bud people um (laughs) and especially the parents out there you're you're the ones that have to stand up in the school i have never attended a school board meeting in my entire life why would i i don't have kids right you guys are the ones that are going to need to do that i mean they are banning books left well that's the other thing and then books everything i mean anything it it's just they just want to erase everything, and, and that's how they want to handle anything. Right. They just, don't do, want to teach children yes. that this country has a racist past. They don't want to teach children that queerness exists and it's not harmful. They don't want to teach children that women can have reproductive rights. They don't want to teach children that you know um, everyone should have access to voting. They are literally stripping away all of this stuff, and what's going to happen is all, they're going to raise a generation of people who have no understanding mm-hmm. of this history. Right. Um, so f- please, please, people, fight this stuff as much as you can. 
Um, I don't know. I feel like we have exhausted the topics. Yeah. Do we want to end on a happy note? Is there anything happy? <laughs> yeah, I've been shopping a lot online. So have you? A happy thought. Yeah, I'm buying all the fall sale, you know, because that's what I do. I usually, you know, look for stuff I want and I wait until it goes on sale so that I can wear next fall. So, all yeah. I want to do right now, and I, I said that to Lorenzo a week or two ago, I was like, listen, I don't care where we go. <laughs> we you we travel. need to travel. I know. We want to travel. Joy Behar got into a lot of trouble. Well, I can't stand her. We interviewed her one time, and I, she was one of the least. Who again? Joy Behar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Unpleasant oh, in the God. extreme. Obnoxious. Anyway she, anyway, she stuck her foot in her mouth once again this week because with the invasion of Ukraine, she was um, upset that her trip to Italy <laughs> might be canceled but oh my God. and i'm not con- i'm not defending her because you know what lady keep your mouth shut that's you know you of all people you you're a millionaire who has her, her own you, tv you, show you say something like that man <laughs> but i will admit that uh yesterday we i really wanted to go to paris this spring like literally about a month from now we were going to do a, a last minute booking and and wait to find right, a right, flight right. and just go and uh, I said to Lorenzo yesterday, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if going to Europe this right. spring is the best idea no, in the I world. I don't want to be stuck someplace where, you know, I don't know, I can't come back. But I'm not going to complain about it. No, that's the thing. That's I, the I can't thing. understand. I can acknowledge right. it, but I'm like, fine, I'll go to Toronto. I'll right, go right. to Las Vegas. That's fine. I just can't believe she said that. Well, yeah. Someone would say that. It's just, it, no, as a yeah. public figure. I mean, I on. mean, it's a reality and maybe we're being overcautious. I mean, I don't think tanks are going to be rolling into Paris anytime soon, but you know, it's a volatile situation and we don't you never know. know. You never know. That's how everything started, you know. Exactly. Well, that, um, that's that's how every war Putin started. People just said don't he think... was going to invade Finland and Sweden if they tried to join NATO well, this week. So he's a madman. That, that yeah. motherfucker wants a world war. Yes, and that's how every major war started. You know, people thinking that it's 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 going to go away, and it doesn't. It's so, just insane to yeah. me that we are just beat by beat repeating the 20th century like okay let's first have a pandemic that's going to wipe out right. millions of people and then let's have a world war it, you know it's it, like it, it, it's, the hell? it's interesting to me at least that i never thought that i would go through a major pandemic in my life like stuff that you only I never see in movies fascism would be on or, the rise exactly, in my life or like something like this would, would yeah. be happening in uh, it, it's just interesting to me, it was something that I read in, in, in history books, right. you know, anyway. And I know this This is probably not the most comforting podcast we could have given you today. But on the other hand... We give you a lot of thoughts. The world being what it is, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it would be maybe a little naive to just sit here and talk about hemlines and TV shows. No, but we're giving you something to think about. Mm, you know. It affects all of us, yes. and we all need to be vigilant in our own ways and uh, not to draw a straight line but fascism abroad and fascism at home are both on the rise so there's not much we can do about ukraine but we can do something about the fascism rising in our own you just have to be aware and fight it yeah and stop and when when you think someone's giving a reasonable argument as to why someone's rights should be restricted in some way Stop and ask yourself why they're even making that argument. What is the end game of that argument? Because it all sounds reasonable to certain people. Oh, well, you know, certain voting, it's a little out of control. Mail-in ballots, that's a little, you know, it might not be. Stop. Stop and ask yourself why anybody would want to restrict voting rights. Stop and ask yourself why anyone would want a don't say gay bill. Right. Um, Because it always leads to the next thing. 
Anyway, I'm sorry. This was not the uplifting podcast you probably wanted today. But we do thank you for listening. Yes. And we do want you all to remain safe out there because it's a weird, weird time once again. And uh, like I said, we thank you for your support. And we'll be back next week with whatever crosses our eyes or crosses our desks. I can't believe I got through this entire podcast with, <laughs> without completely falling apart because I am taking a nap after this. But until then, take care of yourselves. Love you. Mean it. Bye-bye. Bye.